Hi, it's Cammy Chris Kamara, and you are listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. They are unbelievable. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening from wherever you are listening from, and welcome to episode 49 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast. I am your co-host, Jamie Robinson. Now, when, when we created this podcast back at the start of the year, we wanted to make it unique in the world of rugby league, not just interviews or weekly reviews, and we've already brought to you the likes of past season reviews, Trinity Trailblazers, top 10s, best 13s, and so on. And this week, we present our first ever Greatest Games special. But before we progress to that, let me introduce you to the man behind it all, my co-host, my dad, Lee Robinson. How are we doing, dad? Hello, good. Welcome. Welcome to number 49, almost on 50. Uh, yeah, I just thought we'd have a bit of a, a change, a bit of an idea. Um, it was just, we haven't had any sort of, we, we've talked about seasons, we've got, we've talked about uh, players. So I thought we'd thought throw in some games. You know, we've had some classic games over the years. Um, so I thought, why not sort of talk through a game, the background of it, the players and so on, and see how it goes. Excellent stuff. And to start off, you haven't actually picked... Um, an historic win at a cup final, at Wembley win, a cup final win, a, a big semi-final, but an actual a league game from 1945. Why? It would have been easy, wasn't it, to start off with a cup final. You know, the, the three Wembley finals from the 60s, the 1946 Wembley, some of our classic semi-finals. We will do, we'll pick up those. But I just thought I needed a pick-me-up this week. We've, we've talked about the 1945-46 season in, um, in a season review a few uh, weeks ago. And in my early Trinity research, this, this game jumped out at me. And I've heard so many stories about it as well. So I thought, well, let's start with this. Wakefield Trinity 71 leads nil from September 1945. It's, it's a season and a time period we've covered quite a bit. And we've recently looked at the 1945-46 season in detail. But what is the story behind this game? Well, the Second World War had just finished and players were returning home to their clubs after six years of stop-start rugby league. Hopes were high at Bellevue, um, but fans also realised that we'd just lost six seasons of rugby league when Trinity threatened big things in the late 1930s. Plus those star players of your good fellows, your Wilkinsons, your Exleys, your Teals, were all six years older as well. This was the fourth game of the season and Trinity had, were top of the league at the time. We'd won the first three. We'd beaten Dewsbury at home 23-7. We'd beaten Hull away 24-5 and we'd beaten Witness at home 19-0. Alternatively, Leeds had lost all their three games. They'd lost 36-5 at Wigan. They'd lost 9-2 at home to Featherstone and lost 10-3 at home to uh, at Hulkington Rovers. Uh, this was a Wednesday game and it kicked off at quarter to six in midweek in, in the, in the uh, September on in the Wednesday. Trinity appeared to be full strength looking at the sides, but I mean, I'm, I'm not a, an expert on the lead side in the 1940s, but it seems to be a different story for them. It was, and I think that's why we got 71. It seems a bit strange that we're picking um, a game where we've actually stuffed a, a Leeds reserve side, but it was uh, it's in the record book, so I thought we'd do it. Uh, yes, our back line was, was first class. We, don't, we only missed Billy Stotter, was our centre and captain, but we still had Billy Taylor at full-back. We still had Jack Perry and Dennis Badley on the wings, Johnny Malpass at uh, centre. Half-backs were Ron Rylance and Herbert Goodfellow, all-star men and county players as well. Uh, the forwards, we had Harry Wilkinson, Harry Murphy, Len Brathley on duty. Len Marson and Jim Higgins were missing. Uh, and Mick Exley was missing. He, he, wasn't, he hadn't returned after the war. 
until the autumn. So we had a pretty good side out. It was a totally different story at Leeds, as many of their players initially hadn't returned from the war, and they had to draft in three RAF servicemen uh, in the last minute to make up the numbers. Uh, and along with three youngsters, they had six deputants on the day. Added to this, two, two, two of those players uh, had only ever played once for Leeds previously, and two were actually returning prisoners of war and only just landed back in this country after being uh, in, in, on war duty um, a few months earlier. Um, there were others who were veteran players for Leeds from the pre-war pre -war, pre -war years, but they also had 12 out injured. So it was a very somewhat scratched team Leeds put out on that afternoon. Now, the 71-0 scoreline speaks for itself that, that Trinity dominated that day. But the Lioners actually, you know, they started quite brightly. They give it a go. It's just like any young team. It's like a Super League team playing a, a championship lower, lower league team in the Cup. For the first 10 minutes, that lower league, that lower team will come out and give it a go. And the Leeds hammered our line, early pressure. They couldn't get over the line, but their young, keen forwards had a go at ours. They had an early penalty. They hit the post. But then after 20 minutes, Trinity uh, were dominant and they were led 22-0 at half-time. They scored 17 tries in all throughout the afternoon, throughout the evening. 11 in the second half. So we, we, it was over a point a minute in the second half uh, and, and 10 of those tries were converted. Um, they appeared to lead the target leads left edge. They had young kids on the wing and in the centres. So our left edge of Dennis Badley and Johnny Malpass scored seven tries between them. But Jackie Perry and Frank Townsend on the other, they only got one. So we hammered their left, left edge. It didn't help that Leeds lost two of their forwards going off injured in the second half. So Trinity ran riot near the end and... Uh, and obviously got the 71. <clears throat> just, just briefly breaking away from the script here, but, um, you know, we mentioned a 71-0 scoreline in 2022 is remarkable, but in 1945, when tries were three points, you've just said there, 17 tries. It's what, I, I mean, I could maybe do some quick maths, but 71-0 these days, you'd be pushing 100, wouldn't you? Yeah, just, we'll just add another point on for all those seven tries. So 71, 17 tries, we'd have been on 80, 88 our record's 90 against Highfield in 1992, but our record before then was only 40-odd. We haven't, we haven't been anywhere near, and Leeds certainly haven't been hammered by 70. I think their record defeat was 40-odd as well. So 71 was quite phenomenal, and I don't think many... <clears throat> I think if you looked at scores in that era, I don't think many teams had actually got, got above 70. I know the Australians put 90 past Bramley in the 1900s, um, and <clears throat> we could pick it out somewhere, but yeah, 70-odd is phenomenal for that era. You've picked it as a greatest game and the first greatest game in our series, but is it that great scoring 70 points against a, a Leeds backup side? Um, <laughs> as a long-suffering Trinity fan, any win against Leeds is a great Trinity win. Uh, but it's a good point what you make uh, that we've had we've had better wins, um, the more classic wins. Uh, Les Hull, Les Hull um, uh, an old friend of ours, he wrote a book a few years ago entitled Trinity's 50 Greatest Ever Games, and this game wasn't in it. So, yes, it's not up there with the greats. Um, but it always fascinated me from a historical point of view. Uh, I've, I've met people who played in the game. I've met people who were in the attendance, who were just 70,000, 7,000 7, on the afternoon, and all had their own memories. My dad tells me he didn't go, but he had a friend who went, and they reckon they had a peel before the game. Because Leeds turned up with 10 men and they reckon they had an appeal looking for extra Leeds players in the crowd and two drunken sailors came out onto the field um, and played for Leeds. But I think that's a myth. I've talked to Leeds historians and I've looked at the paper reports and these were actually drafted in from the RAF. I don't know how quickly they were drafted in and I don't know whether they were sober. That's not said, but there's so many little, little stories and side, side stories that go along with this game as well. There's another reason the game appe appeals to you as, as Leeds 
loose forward who's a former Trinity hero and actual uh, a prisoner of war. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why this game appeals to me as well. Yes, it was 71-0 against um, Leeds, but there's a fellow called Alf Watson who played for Trinity in the 1930s. And a couple of years ago, um, I was given his scrapbook um, by um, Wavell Express passed it on after it had been used for a, a book launch. And it was a phenomenal, it was a wonderful scrapbook. It's, it, to say it was done in the 1930s, there was a full um, document of his life and his career. He signed for Wakefield in um, 1935. Um, he was a young, young, loose forward teenager, um, but he, he went to Leeds in 1937. But he got a long story as well. Uh, when he went to Leeds in 1937, <clears throat> he got picked for England. Uh, but then when the war started, he found himself in France um, with the arm, in the army. But within months, he got caught by the Germans and was missing in action. He was captained by the Germans and transferred to a prisoner of war camp throughout the war. He was interned in a, in a camp in Poland for four and a half years, um, but he was allowed to write home regularly. So he wrote to his mum and he wrote to the Leeds club where he played. Um, and he was he appeared quite comfortable. But when the war finished, the Germans were, were obviously, um, well, they wanted to get out. They knew the Russians were coming in. They were going to invade and um, take over the, uh, the camp. So they made them walk from Poland to Germany. And they forced them to march to Germany before the Russians invaded the camp. And although many were lost on the way, Watson actually walked 600 miles in three months through snow, through ice, through blizzards, no food, living in barns, living in, living in fields, sleeping in fields, and then walked all the way to Germany. And when he actually got to one of the German towns, he was actually liberated by the Allies, the, the, the English. So that was his story. Uh, fortunately, he was fit. He was a rugby league player. He'd stayed fit in the, in the war camps, played sport. He was boxing, playing rugby, playing football, but he still lost five stone on that walk. Uh, but he survived. Um, and he arrived back home in England in April 1945. This is what's amazing, because five months later, after arriving back home, he was in a hospital, he had treatment, and he walked out at Bellevue in this Trinity Leeds game five months later. So he was on this prisoner of war. He'd walked all this way through the winter, 600 miles, lost five stone. Within five months of getting home to England, he got back fitness and he was playing for Leeds at Trinity. So that, that story jumped out to me. That somehow made me feel a bit sympathetic with Leeds losing 71 0 now. It is, yeah. It's just one of the yes, it's yes, we stuff Leeds 71 0. It goes in the history books. It's it's still uh, it's still the set Leeds liners from, from Hedina, which is still a, a good story. But yeah, the, the story of, of Alf Watson. I put it in um I put a longer version in one of my newsletters a while ago, and he's got one hell of a story. So it's uh, it's a real good story to read. Excellent stuff, a truly remarkable story. And, and just to finish off and round off, Leeds did actually gain revenge later on in the season on us. Yeah, we, we were we had a good season. We've mentioned the season um, regularly on our podcast. Uh, we were second in the league for a long time. We were top of the league for a long time. Uh, when we went to Headingley in March, um, we were second in the league, aiming for the top. Leeds were in 24th position, fifth off the bottom. We actually lost 20 points to five at Leeds. So they got their revenge. It scuppered our championships hopes. We dropped down to third and went out in the playoffs at the semi-final. So, yeah, they got a little bit of revenge, but that 71-0 still sort of jumps out in the, in the uh, history books for me. Superb stuff. And, and just to kind of round off, have you, have you ever spoke to any diehard Leeds fans or, or Leeds historians about this game or, or what's their thoughts on it? Yeah, they don't want to talk about it. I, um, I I did ask them a while because I was I was trying to track down that proper story about where these players came from. 
And, and sometimes even the lead historians, the same people that do the same job as I do, they don't know the first names of some of these army RAF recruits. They've just got the surnames that were, that were in the newspaper at the time. So it was just one of those days because the week, this was a Wednesday night match. On the following Sunday, they played Bradford Northern and lost 54-6 as well. So they were getting thumped every week. So I think it's an era when Leeds, um, Leeds people just ignore. But Jack, Jackie Perry played in this game. Uh, I met Jackie Perry, um, the Wakefield winger, many years ago. He told me some stories. And there's an old boy called Norman Hazel, who was the ex-mayor um, of Wakefield, still knocking around to this day, still an active fella. He's in, he's in, he's in his 90s. He actually showed me the programme, his, his programme and his ticket from this game as well. So there's a lot of memories still knocking around. Superb stuff. Thank you very much for that. And thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 49 of the Wakefield Trinitarity podcast and the first instalment of our greatest game series featuring our 71-0 victory over Leeds in 1945. For more updates on the history of Wakefield Trinity, follow us on Facebook under the Wakefield Trinitarity banner and on Twitter at WTHeritagePod. Thank you once again to my co-host, Lee Robinson. We will catch you all this coming Monday for our 50th episode. We can't believe we're at number 50 already. We're not going to reveal who it is just yet, but it's a huge superstar of the Rugby League past. Thank you very much for joining us once again. I have been Jim Robinson, and we will catch you all down the road. Hi, it's Cammy Triscamara. You have been listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast. With Jamie and Lee Robinson. It's unbelievable!